cut to the chase, okay? What are you guys selling? If you're drowning and I throw you a life jacket, would you grab it? Yes, good. Pick up 200 shares, I won't let you down. Pay him. Pay that man his money. Ask them how they'd like to see 30, 40% returns. What are they gonna say? No? I don't want to see those returns. Where's the money, Lebowski? You're gonna make a lot of money, right? Be aggressive, learn how to push. Show them a 3% return. I'll trust you to watch his kids for the weekend. I'm a big fan of money. Move around. Motion creates emotion. I did not know this. That's it. I'm done. Hello and welcome back to Saxon Jacks. I'm Tim And we're on the board. S&P Futures down 5. Nasdaq Futures down 3, which isn't much, seeing as we've been up almost every day for the last already. And so we're at the highest close in the S&P this year was last night. So I'd say down four isn't any kind of a big deal whatsoever. Do we have the professor, Kevin? You do have me. Good morning. Um, is that what they refer to you now as a professor over there? Um, generally, I go by your highness or your majesty, but professor will do. Ah, ah. Now, did you get a coronation like the other guy? Um, no, I, I tend to do things in a very subtle way. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of the subtle grand high exalted mystic ruler. Ah, well, there you go. The uh, we're going to talk a little bit more later with Mr. Murphy on the uh, this Ukrainian dam thing. Is uh, if that's enough to call off the counteroffensive? But boy, that's that's a lot of uh, problem over there, isn't it? Unbelievable. A uh, huge problem over there, and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not the one to be making substantial, insightful comments on that. You will get from Mike. You'll get a lot better uh, information, I'm sure. Um, and, and a lot better thought process. Uh, you know, I, I don't know where this is going to uh, where this is going to end. I I suspect that Putin will be very inclined to go scorched earth on it at at some point if necessary. I, I can't other than him being removed from office one way or another. Uh, I I just don't envision uh, envision this wrapping up easily or wrapping up in any good way. Uh, whether negotiated or whatever, because I, I, I just don't think, you know, if, if Putin has to uh, uh, has to go off the deep end to try and uh, make his last ditch effort to win it, that's what it's going to take. Yeah, it's a uh, it's it's really an ex- a strange situation when you look at a lot of the history of uh, World War II. A lot of the different policies made by the German hierarchy. Uh, no, obviously Hitler was kind of in, in charge of a lot of the day-to-day stuff, more than he should have been. But there really was a difference in how they took, they, uh, I'll say, generated warfare against people that he had zero respect for and thought were like almost subhuman versus people he had somewhat respect for, mainly, mainly the British, basically. Uh, and, and to a certain extent, the French. And he kind of hesitated at Dunkirk. Um, you know, a lot of stuff. I mean, it wasn't like he didn't try to win or anything like that, but it was a whole different... Uh, I mean, he didn't, he didn't really care if, if all the Russians got killed or everybody in Eastern Europe. He thought those people were, you know, they are beneath him and his, and his gang. And I really think that Putin has the same view of the Ukrainians. It's not a res- any kind of a respect at, at all there that there are other people. And he actually thinks they're a bunch of Nazis and whatever and subhumans. And, and you know traitors and God knows what else and he, he and he's and he's sort of acting accordingly without except for the nuclear stuff so far I mean really doesn't care I mean if he, his, I think he's, you're right if he 
if he loses, which he doesn't think he's going to lose, if he loses, if he leaves the, not a building standing, he's almost happy with that. You know, I mean, it's, yeah, he's not. He's not going to accept defeat. Let's put it that way. He won't accept defeat. So uh, he may be defeated, but that's that's a different mindset. Sounds like Trump. Uh, very much so. Yeah. And you know, I, I even get the uh, the competitive mindset. Um, uh, not to that extent, no, and not no. with the evil overtones. Um, but. I, I will say this because this is this is a personal thing. It's funny. It, it came up in a uh, in a class just the other day. Um, you know, when when you're talking about uh, uh, when when there's a some kind of conflict between people, I tend to try to tr- problem solve. Um, and uh, you know, so let's see if we can find our common ground. Let's do that. But if you really want to fight, okay. But that's to the death. You yeah. know, that that's only about winning and losing. And so at that, when you get, when you shift into that mindset, and this is not my most endearing trait, but when you shift into that mindset, then anything you say, anything you do is fair game. And, well, and I think that's, you know, and now if, if you ratchet that up to the, uh, the situation uh, between Russia and Ukraine, I think that's Putin's mindset is whatever I do can't be too extreme. It's, it, it's, it fits with what you said about how he thinks about the people there, that you know, if, if if you don't have any regard in any way for the people, then what can you do that's too extreme? Because you can see that it's uh, his idea of the rules. I can do whatever I want. God, but if you step into Russia, that's an outrage. Okay, why why is there, are there rules for them and not for you? I mean, it's like, it is, it's, just, it's just a real strange way of looking at things. Yeah. Now you know you mentioned you mentioned Trump. What's kind of interesting is he did an interview not too long ago, and he, you know he's he's advocating a negotiated settlement in in the uh, in, in that situation, and the uh, I, I think it might have been CNN, but he he kind of got that oh well then you're you know you're you're not supporting Ukraine, and he said no I just want people to stop dying over there. Oh yeah, I'm with him on and, that. And I I do think that's that's an interesting place. To be because you have some politicians, some uh, you know, a handful of politicians who are saying, "Look, I, I can't get on board with supporting Ukraine." That doesn't mean I support Russia, but it does mean I, I you know, uh, that Ukraine's got its own issues, and and I have a hard time, you know, treating them like they're the, um, you know, the 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 poor downtrodden uh, uh, people who uh, you know are are just otherwise nice. You know, it would be like it would be like the uh, Hobbits getting attacked in the Shire. Well, you know that's not true. But for the most part, most politicians are saying, "Well, I can't support Russia, so I support you." They're either wholeheartedly supporting Ukraine, or they're just saying, "If they're in a conflict with Russia and I'm picking a side, that's an easy call." Well, I'm I'm kind of a most people are. I actually a little uh, won't say weirded out, but I'll say weirded out a little bit by um, we have a couple guys on the show. One of one of our best buddies. Who constantly will talk about how corrupt Ukraine is, and how they do? You know, they're not they're not the nicest place either. The government, the people. I've learned, I've uh, met more and more people from Ukraine. I'm very impressed. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have a very corrupt government. This guy's probably somewhat better than the last guy. Of course, the last guy was about as bad as it gets. Yeah, well, but, and I don't know that that's true either. But okay, keep going. Well, I'm just saying you can you can be better than Attila the Hun and still not be a nice person, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, what, I, what I'm getting to is that I, that's 
when, when it comes under world events, I've, I've certainly reached the point where not everybody worldwide is going to have this view of, well, I'm not so sure we do anymore either, the people in power, of, of democracy and treating people properly and freedom and all that kind of stuff. Yet, if, if, there's, if there's two idiots, uh, being the Russians and the Ukrainian government, it's still, the, the, I mean, even if I can't stand the people in Ukraine, I'm going to back him because Russia has no right to come in and blow the place up. I mean, we, we didn't like, I mean, I don't know if, we, if you could flip a coin between Hitler and Stalin. I don't know which one you'd take as your, as your beer drinking buddy. Might have been Hitler, not Stalin. But that doesn't mean you're not going to back Russia because Germany has no, has no right to take them over and they're going to kill them all. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean it, it, know, it didn't make us a Stalin lover at all, I don't think. Yeah, uh, but on the other hand, there are people who are totally uh, enamored of uh, Ukraine. Um, and, you know, I mean, you saw, I don't know if you saw Lindsey Graham's, com- uh, Graham's uh, uh, comment. Yeah. Where, you know, his, his was, well, it's the best money we ever spent because it's, it's, you know, going after the Russians. But he's, you know, four square in there. And there's so many, you know, it's, that's sort of been the uh, money laundering and, and corruption playground for uh, uh, wealthy people in the United States. I mean, the, the whole thing is just, it, it's a mess. Um, it, you know, we've, we in the U.S. have been either dragged into it or walked into it or, you know, somebody saw it as a good way to conduct a proxy war. You know, when, when Lindsey Graham says, it's the best money we've ever spent by arming Ukraine, what he's really saying is we are conducting a, a proxy war. We are at war with Russia. We're just doing it through Ukraine. Well, and there's people. So there, you know, there's so much going on that, that makes this uh, a dicey situation. And I'm so thankful we have the deft hand and intellect of Joe Biden behind well, us. Well, I know. It. Actually, though, Lou claims that his, his administration's handling of that has been pretty good. But he's not a Biden fan at all. Uh Anyway, but I guess though, Kevin, if you're if you're actually older than you and me, is anybody? Uh, yeah, I was gonna say, who's that? Yeah, who's that? If you're actually older than you and me, and I, uh, well, I, a guy was not a friend from high school, but uh, lost a guy in Vietnam. I mean, there's a long history with these bleeps from Russia. I mean, first there was the Cuban Missile Crisis. We all thought we were gonna die. Right, and that was 1962, and I remember basically going, you know, doing the air raids and the stuff in the school, and you know, you put your, what was it, you put your your head between your legs and kissed your ass goodbye? Wasn't that the, the yeah, post? Yeah, hands behind your head, head between your legs, kiss your ass goodbye. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was basically. And then, I mean, I gotta believe that some percentage of the people that I cared about and uh, you cared about that died and were wounded in Vietnam came from Russian support. Just to piss us off, right? I mean, uh, the Mings and all the other stuff. I mean, and, and then you know, you go on to what Czechoslovakia. You want to you want to go all the way back before we were alive. Uh, you know, to Berlin airlift. They were supposed to take this much of Germany. They took more, and by the way, enslaved pretty much enslaved everybody. And it's not like there's been a, a huge history with these guys. I mean, there's been the the guy in Ukraine. Okay, he takes a lot of money, and he's got whatever. We've, none of that has ever happened to us from people at Ukraine. So if we're flipping a coin between the two of them, there's no question in my mind which side I'm on, <laughs> right? Yeah, and I, and I think that's you know that that's where a lot of people are. But there's a lot of people that are just four square. They they aren't well ed- educated in all of it, so they just know there's a good side and there's an evil side. 
Well, you know, in this case, there's an evil side and there's a more evil side. Yeah. How's that, you know, uh, uh, But the one, the one evil side has never gone out of the way to, to kill our people. The other has. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I totally agree. And uh, I'm not saying that, that, you know, Stalin is the same as Putin is the same as Khrushchev. I mean, they're all, they're all different, and every, every guy that comes in, that's the one thing that, well, even though when we change administrations here, you're going to get change in personality and maybe a change minorly in direction. But we're not supposed to get a massive change in who we are. But when you're in a dictatorial sort of state, that's what you get, right? Because they're in there forever, and all of a sudden, you know, one guy's a warmonger, the next guy isn't. I mean, the difference is between, you know, Gorbachev and the guy the guy after him. Or who was the, who was the goofball that went into Afghanistan? Was that, that wasn't Gorbachev. That was a... Uh, Where's Lou when I need him? Oh, uh, 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 I got a picture of his face. <laughs> it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't Brezhnev, was it? Uh, I think it was Brezhnev. So, hey, uh, I know mean, you got to leave a little bit earlier today, but uh, maybe we'll finish this after the break. But I'll set. What did you think of what... I'm talking about the market now. We're shifting gears. Paul Harvey, page two. Uh, talk about the market, and uh, it was interesting to hear Dan's comments yesterday because I... I really respect Dan's opinion when it comes to markets and stuff. I mean, the guy uh, really is, is constantly looking at, the, at a lot of the detail and knows a lot of the stuff. And he was talking, some of the stuff he said yesterday, I, I was astounded he said. And, you know, now that I think about it, I think he's probably right. I, don't know, I wish he wasn't, but I think he is. He talked about people have become comfortable with the inflation. They've become comfortable with the way things are going. And... Uh, the Fed is is made sure that everybody feels okay that they might pull back, they might do this, and then all of a sudden you see, you know, the risk level, and you see this VIX going down. VIX is going to probably go under thirteen next week, and uh, from a from a multi-year twenty-two or higher, or higher number, which is a dramatic difference in the price of insurance and the price of other stuff. And I say price of insurance, put put in call prices, and uh, I I. Not so sure that he's wrong, Kevin. I, when I look at this and I see the, some stocks going ridiculously high, in my opinion, the idea that we can't ever go down, that there's no sudden, there's no sudden, no value. If somebody on TV mentions, um, you know, turtle eggs are up twenty five percent today. People are just, this is to me, it's it's giddy world. Um, yet, it's obvious. Also, I've, you know, I have to look at what's going on. I can't just have my own opinion that in the last four years we had a major shutdown of a country and yet the, the the country's piggy bank which is the market which not only is the piggy bank it's the reason for being up for an awful lot of people I mean for every person who uh, gives their money to a money manager or looks for protective stuff if you're retired or whatever he gives their money to me to help them out with uh, or does brokerage or their trades through our firm and talks to me or my brother for advice for everybody like that there's there's 15 other people that this is just their game, and all day long they just trade this stuff. They, they, this is their, they think it's their job or something, and it's and, and they're constantly. The minute something goes, I mean, yesterday S&Ps are up 20. They go down to where they're only up 15, and every and every buyer appears. I mean, buy the dip. You don't even wait for a dip anymore. It's it's a pause. You, you buy, buy, buy. Yeah, you just and it, and, and you and there, there is no and in the last. Three months, we had a serious bank issue. I mean, in, 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 the, in the world terms, or even in the huge economy terms, it wasn't that serious. It was one group of kind of goofballs in San Francisco, and maybe another one or two smaller ones. But the Fed unhesitatingly 
backtracked on every quote progress they've made on, on pulling the largesse of cash out they, they damn near reversed all of that in two weeks so the message everybody is getting is no matter what it is we could have an asteroid hit New York and the market's going to go up and when the article I should have paid way more attention to it was about three months ago I read it some guy said don't even worry about an impression of a recession or even a deep one with your stocks because these guys will do whatever they have to do money-wise to keep the nominal value of the market up. And I, I'm i not so sure. I, is, is Dan right that everybody is, everybody who now can't pay their bills, for God's sake, is now okay with it? Where, where's, I'm not talking about muscles. Yeah, no, here, here's, here's how I would interpret that, because I heard that too yesterday, and it, I, I thought it was interesting. I, I, comfortable may not be the right word for it. Let's let's put it that way. First of all, you may have a comfortable investment class. The people who have money to invest and have always had money to invest have sort of have found their way of investing in this market, whatever whatever that's going to be. And there may there there could be some hurt that comes down the road. That wouldn't surprise me. I don't think we're done with the banking issues. Uh, so that you know that that's part of the equation but if you start talking about individuals how you know we've had lots of conversations about how uh, unmanageable the uh, current price levels are uh, for an, a typical family well I think people have started to have, have found ways to rework their budgets now so that they can cope are they are they uh, you know are they are they out there living the dream uh uh-uh. Um, and, and and believe me, I hear about it because I deal with a lot of the, uh, that group of people right now. And, you know, it's still not easy, but at least people have found a way to, you know, get to the next paycheck on a regular basis. And, and I think that's, that's you know, if, if I were to rephrase what Dan had to say, that's where I would go with it. Comfortable isn't the right word. Resigned. Resigned. Adaptive. Adaptive to it, resigned to it. Yeah, those kinds of things I think make more sense. SP Futures down at three, Nancy Futures up eight. You're right back, Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to gauge the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other decision. And Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with relevant trade ideas, and equips you with cutting-edge tactics you don't already know. Luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on pursuing life, luxury, and happiness through sports, fitness, travel, food, spirits, music, and a whole lot more. Smart investors don't bet on possibilities, they play the probabilities. Luckbox is $7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Is your business being challenged by the complexities surrounding healthcare reform or other matters related to human resources management? If so, then Cognos HR can help. A longtime friend and contributor to the Stocks and Jocks radio program, Cognos HR provides its clients with a perfect blend of strategic consulting and day-to-day HR management to drive overall improvement in business performance. 
companies that join the Cognos HR family are better able to manage health care costs, enhance benefit offerings, and improve employee satisfaction by leveraging our access to Fortune 500 benefits. Our innovative onboarding and payroll technology, along with our constant attention to detail, enables us to provide the highest level of quality service to our clients. Now, your time and energy can be focused on generating business and increasing your bottom line. We'll take care of the rest. For more information, call us at 630-401-8810 or search us on the web at CognosHR.com. Cognos HR, innovation and human resources. Licensed in Illinois and Arizona. Hello, this is Tom Howell, the Chief. Confused about investing these days? I suspect you are not alone. Investing was never easy, although at times it may have seemed so. I think one reason behind the current concern, although maybe not explained as such, is how the fluctuation in the American dollar and the associated politics is affecting your investments and your wealth. It may not be enough to make some money in your investments. You may need now to make enough to exceed the amount that your leadership is depreciating the value of the dollars you've worked your whole life to accumulate. That same leadership has seen fit to maneuver risk-free interest rates to near zero. Providing positive risk-averse returns in a zero-interest and declining real-wealth environment is by far the toughest assignment I've ever had in my years as a money manager. I'm sure that a lot of you have heard that one way to possibly deal with this problem is to invest in so-called hard currencies like silver and gold, the idea being that they will retain their relative value in the face of devaluation of paper currencies like the dollar. To be honest, I have never been a gold bug. I've always had faith that having enough dollars and a good investment strategy was good enough. Now I'm not so sure. But I do know that if I did invest in gold or silver, I'd want to do it in the same manner as we do with PTI for investments in the market, with defined risk. If you feel the need to invest in gold or silver, we can do it using the same strategies that we use for our protected index program. No matter what you invest in, we feel that you need to know and control your risk. Find us at PTISecurities.com. That's PTISecurities.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now. Right here, right now, right now. Lord, we're based on Jackson. I'm telling you to run the board. SP futures down two. As a futures down up 14. I don't see any reason why we won't be up again today. Dow futures down 72. I wonder why that is. We got Coleman Sachs down two and a quarter, but nothing crazy in the Dow area. That Microsoft's down 86 cents from like some point highs, so it doesn't really matter that either. Uh, over in Europe, DAX down 35.2%, FTSE down 31.4%, CAC round down 21.3%, so down, but very muted, muted. Over in Asia, Nikkei up 623, so they got to be way back to uh, uh, Asia markets. Rise as S&P hits new 2023 high. China producer price index falls. There is an index, I don't believe. If I don't believe ours, I sure as hell won't believe theirs. Hang Seng up 90.5%, Shanghai up 17.5%. Uh, in U.S., yesterday Dow was up 188, S&P up 26, NASDAQ up 133. So again, up, up, up. Bonds, 10-year uh, up 3 basis points, 3.74. The Bund down 1 basis point, 2.40. Japan unchanged at 0.43. Oil, up 16 cents, 71.45, but under 72. Where was the other day? Brent up 17 cents, 76.13. Natural gas down six cents, 228. Arab up a penny, 262. We've got gold. A little bit of a rally yesterday, but uh, eh, it's up two bucks today, 1980. Trying to make it back to 2000, but really not showing that it's going to, to be honest with it. Silver up 10 cents, 24.45. So they were down in the mid 23s. Here's a, I'm not saying I've done this, but. Within this range, if you every time silver got down to like 23.20, you bought it, and it got up to 25, you sold it. You've had a nice year. Of course, that's that's in retrospect. You can't trade the last six months. You got to trade the next six months. Copper unchanged at 379. Crypto, which is having some, has been having some trouble with the 
the Binance issue, up 32 bucks today, 26,569. And the dollar, uh, dollar is up very, very slightly, with the, but the pound's still 107.6. And the, uh, let's say the dollar's flat. With the, the pound is 125 and the euro is 107.6. Andrew, what do you got for us? Trimming weather sports. Is it ever going to rain? It doesn't look like it today, uh, although I wish it would. Uh, we're going to start off with some, or actually, oh, should say first, it's 6.37 here in Chicago. Uh, we're going to start off with some sports right now. Uh, we had a doubleheader from the White Sox versus the Yankees yesterday. Uh, the first one was won by the White Sox, 6-5. All the second was lost. Uh, Yankees won, but we lost here, and that was 0-3. Uh, and also the Cubs lost against the Angels, 1-3. A game between the Diamondbacks and the Nationals was postponed to, uh, to June 22nd uh, due to some not very good-looking air quality over in Arizona. Really? Uh, yeah, something about... Sure was in Arizona, not in Washington? Yeah, I'm sure they were in Washington. Yeah, they're in Washington. Oh, whoops. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, over to Chicago weather. Uh, it is currently 55 degrees. We're going to have sunny skies today, and it looks like they'll stick around all day. Uh, we're going to have a high, or, excuse me, it's a high of 78 today, and then it'll hit around 40, 4 p.m. Jeez, I'm all over the well, place. There's a big today. difference, we say all over the place, <laughs> big difference between uh, five miles inland and near the lake the last week or two. Yeah, yeah. Here, everybody's wearing sweaters, and when the, well, the, the, the verb's not so. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely a sweater day here today. Uh, but over in uh, Arizona, over in Phoenix, they're at 73 degrees. Clear skies, and they're going to have a high of 96, and it's going to hit around 5 p.m. And finally, for Chicago traffic, uh, pretty just boring in a good way. Boring day today. Uh, the only thing to really look out for is, as always, that Kennedy construction. Otherwise, uh, traffic on the inbound major expressways uh, is a little bit heavy, but thankfully no major accidents to report. So that's all I got back to you, Chief. Yeah, Kevin, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I, uh, I'm going to walk down a really nasty road here. But I'm going to say that uh, everybody I think knows what, what slavery is. It's a, you know, you essentially own another person. It's unconscionable. Uh, we, you know, why it wasn't in the Constitution that slavery was outlawed in this country, I don't know, but it wasn't. And we've had a bit of fight a war, and God knows what else has happened since then because of it. But it's not a, there's, I mean, in my opinion, I'm, I'm, I'm axing you. My opinion, it's, it's not 100%, in that situation it was, 100% concept. Um, but it, economically, you can essentially own pieces of people. And people have done it pretty much through the, you know, through the, through the ages, where you're not exactly a slave, but you're not exactly free either. And, it, it, and a lot of it is the, the people with money taking, and not just not paying people enough, but finding a way to get them indebted where they can't move, they can't do whatever. It's like it's almost like degrees of slavery, and, and part of my real big concern, as an older person looking at the younger people today, is and even the older people, me looking at people my age today, we are, we have become economically enslaved in the last thirty years to some degree, some people, in a way that our parents would never have put up with, and, and somehow or another, we do, and I don't. I don't quite get this and why we are so, is it our lack of, I'll use the term revolution, which I'm, you know, I don't, I don't like people shooting people, so that's not what I'm asking. I, 
we went from a society where if where you didn't get you didn't get crap basically in the, in the 30s and 40s and 50s there was no such thing as workman camp there was no but people fought for, fought for other things okay and, and firms like Pullman instead of having the company store where you they basically enslaved you you could never leave because you owed them money I mean did they own you like like in the south on a plantation no but economically they did to a large extent you couldn't uh, you know some people had that you were paid in company script and, and, and gradually people fought their way out of that um, and things got economically a lot better to me I'm gonna say our parents were kind of beholden to nobody I don't I don't think I mean my grandfather you know even during the depression he went out and became a peddler he he never owed anybody a dime I mean he could he could have moved to California if he wanted to I don't know if he wanted to but they, they, we, there was a, there was a, the immigrants and stuff that came here came here to be independent in a country that allowed people to think that way, and slowly, and, and economically, and I don't know who's behind it all. I mean, every other society, when you look back, really did want to enslave people to a certain extent. I mean, the the, the Romans got to the point where nobody had a job on their own; they had to have the dole every day, they had to give them grain, or else they couldn't eat. And people somewhat were. I'll use the term resigned to that. Went to the gladiator fights and, and, and got food from the government. Now we get to this point where people actually had pensions at companies and we had Social Security from the Roosevelt administration. So there was a degree of economic independence that people gained. Now all of a sudden we go with these, uh, okay, we're not going to have these pension plans anymore because when the interest rates went way up in the last recession or the last inflation thing, companies got oversubscribed in money. And very, very seldom written about or anything like that, people came in and stole that money. Because if, you, if you, uh, an outside raider could take the excess in the pension plan, the company itself couldn't. So if you go back to this whole history, there, there's such a, there, there's, a, there's an unwinding of a, of, a, of a thread here, Kevin. It, it seems like it keeps going on. Then all of a sudden we give people these 401ks. And I've been in the business, the money management business, a long time. And, you know, 20 years ago, I'd have a couple every month come in here with a million bucks that they s- saved in their 401k, and they'd ask me to manage it in an IRA. You don't see that anymore. Plus, in your mom's and my mom's era of, the, of the, the first inflation, if the inflation was 10%, they got 12% at the bank. They never, they never lost any money on their assets, on their, on their cash assets, on their savings. This time, if you have somebody with a million bucks in the, four years ago, and had it in the bank because that was their entire saving, and and uh, it's now worth pick a number seven hundred. And and the response to them, even from their friends, would say, "Well, you were a dummy. You should have put it in the market." No, you shouldn't have. I mean, I might have recommended that you have some in the market, okay, as as somebody who believes in the market, but that nobody should take that hit, Kevin. And yet everybody took it, and they're still taking it. They're all bent over saying, "Thank you, sir, may have another," just like in the movie. And, and everybody now, student loans, you've enslaved an entire... Why, why does somebody come out of school when you and I paid four grand a year? How does somebody come out of school however many years later with $300,000 debt without going to grad school? I mean, what the bleep? You've enslaved that person economically for 40 years. Now, why, why are we putting up with this? Well, you just asked a, uh, um, a question that would make Chet Topic proud, and I have about 30 seconds before yeah. I have to go and then we'll turn it over to Mike. Um, it, really, it is all about having choices. Uh, you know, do, uh, not choices, options. 
Um, and, and, and we saw this in 2008, 2009, 2010, that how many people were tied into a home that, you know, some people just said, the hell with it. I'll just walk away from it because it's underwater and I'll take the I'll take the loss and I'll take whatever credit repercussions there are and, and, and so on. But there were a lot of people where there were no job they had no jobs where they lived, so they really didn't have options, uh, or, or at least not very many. You could hustle as much as you could and you know figure out ways to uh, uh, to uh, get you know to have some cash flow. But at the same time, where were the jobs at that time? Well, the places that were blowing up were like, um, you know, parts of Texas, uh, uh, North Dakota, where there was a, a booming oil industry because they, uh, because of, you know, all, everything that had uh, blown up on fracking. So, uh, but people couldn't move. People couldn't go to where those jobs were paying a lot of money. Um, so they were begging. They were begging for employees, and, and at the same time. Uh, um, you know, we we were sitting here. Uh, we had people in other parts of the country who were just stuck. So you know, it really is. You know, so now you start to look and you have to ask yourself the question: Are are people's choices being limited intentionally? Are people's choices just you know it, it just shaken out that way? And and I don't know the answer. And I have to go. But when I listen to the rest of the show later. Uh, I'll be interested to hear what Mike has to say. So, welcome aboard, Mike, and I got to sneak out of here. All right, Kevin, thank you. Now, whenever Kevin moves, does the term sneak come to mind, Mike? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Tom, <laughs> no, I, 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 I like with you, too. Well. I don't sneak very well, and I don't slither at all. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? The, uh, Mike, right. welcome. How are you? Bye, all. I don't know how I got on this. This, this heavy number today, I just was reading, maybe because uh, Dan's talks yesterday and uh, somebody earlier in the week was talking about consumer debt. I've been looking at those numbers, and, I mean, you can, I mean, all you have to do is, uh, remember the song, 16 Ton, Another Day Older and Deeper in Debt? The whole part, the whole thing was the company owned the man, right? We're, we're getting ourselves owned by people, and, and I don't know, is is it just... A bunch of people that are acting in a way like people always have to try and control other people, or is there is there somebody behind this incredibly apparent, apparently inefficient government that seems to be, be clearly moving in a direction of more and more concentration, a very a German, almost fascist economic system with only a few firms? You see the market going up every day and getting more and more concentrated. What I mean, I, is is it? Are we looking for another? I really don't see anything. Well, I'm sure people felt this in 1928. I don't see anything on the horizon that changes any of it at this point. I mean, I really don't. I don't see a, a, a sell-off in the market. I don't think any. The, the, the fear, the lack of fear. I've, I haven't seen anything like it. Uh, maybe actually, maybe early in '87, I felt, but but that was different. I mean, it was market was just racing up too much, and there were there were some issues with insurance and you know whatever that kind of stuff was. I won't go into, but. Isn't this kind of an odd world for you that so many people seem to be getting hosed economically day by day, and there's no pushback whatsoever? Are you surprised? I I, I am stunned, actually. Uh, I'm not really all that surprised, Tom. Uh, look at the way the government is operating. I mean, people see the government, you know, how many trillions of dollars in debt are we now? And they say, well, if the government can't do it, why should I bother, you know? And you know the student loans is a, you know, a very good 
example of that. You know, okay, the government will forgive my loans. All right, so they'll take care of me. But they never should have been that number in the first place. I mean, no, no, that's true. But you know, I mean, it, you don't see anyone moving to solve anything, and the politicians just keep piling piling up the debt. Well, what if? What would you? Uh, I don't know which one of us. I've, I've been on CNBC before. I have no desire to do it again. But, um, <laughs> but if, but if I, the question would be, Mike, and even coming from somebody like you, who might even be sympathetic to my thought process. If I were to say, this is just like the people in Animal House walking down the the alley with the with the wall at the end, the band where they all ended up crashing into the wall. Somebody's going to say, we've had people like you on here for fifteen years, and when the when the, when the deficit was five trillion, you you warned about a problem. When it was six trillion, you warned louder. Now you're really shouting at thirty-one. The fact is, nothing's happened. Why should we listen to? Well, and you know that's a good point. You know, nothing has happened. We all keep saying, you know, that this is ludicrous, but you know the government doesn't do anything about it, and and they're the ones that should be leading us, and they are not. You know, whether. You know, I think Trump just campaigns to get money. Biden is, you know, the president to get money. It's all about the money for all of these people. I mean, Schumer's been in office how many years? Hakeem Jeffries. Why do we have two guys on the Democratic side from either Brooklyn or the Bronx, wherever the hell they're from, and and they're running the show for the Democrats? Eh, who knows? Yeah, I mean, I don't... I don't, but somehow or another, we're, we're, we we are putting up with it. And I think, I honestly think there's some connection. And I'll never, I mean, if I was a good writer or something, I'll ask Eric to make the. There's some connection between people not being able to make, make ends meet and not be able, not having time to actually. I'll use the term think. Uh, and and this going on, there's some there's some connection there. I don't know. I don't know. Well, what, I think you're you're making a leap here, Tom. I think you, I am too, you, which is why I'm asking. You you make ends meet. I make ends meet. You know, John Flynn. All of our friends make. Uh, Dave Murphy. All of our friends make ends meet. But, but are we the? Uh, are we an example of the American ethic? I would say yes. I would so, say. I would say, Mike, we were incredibly lucky in terms of timing. Well, you know, that's probably true. But, you know, we are not, uh, we, we are not an entitled generation. I think there's a peop- there is, a, you know, a generation coming, or that's already here, that feels that they are entitled to benefits that they have not earned. You and I probably have earned our benefits. Now we've been lucky. I agree. I don't mean. I don't but, mean. Uh, you know, we've had to earn them. I don't mean lucky in terms of, uh, uh, you know, we've all been lucky because we're all still here, except for Bob, uh, of our friends, and uh, so I mean, there's a lot of luck that we've had. But we, you, the timing, um, in terms of our group, it's sort of like when my parents bought the. The house at uh, there's the first bungalow. My stepfather, I mean, he he had a nice job, but he never he never saved any money. Of course, typical guy. My mom, of course, saved money even with two kids as a widow. So they they had enough to put down. A, I think they paid eighteen grand for the place, a bungalow, a new one. And uh, so the I'm going to say within f- 
four or five years. We weren't there that long. Uh, the house was worth twenty-eight. They sold it for, and we moved into a bigger house. And uh, my stepfather got a raise like every year. And I'm going to say every single year, his raise exceeded the inflation. And by the time we moved out of there, I'm going to guess the mortgage payment was was half of one of the, the what the bi-monthly paycheck. To the point where you would really have had to screw up in, in those days. We're not talking about, you know, Cadillacs or anything like that. But I'm saying you would have really had to... I mean, you and I came out of Notre Dame unencumbered. I don't. If, if anybody had a debt, I think maybe Mark had did, but it might have been like a thousand bucks or something. We came out with a really good education, totally unencumbered. I mean, we could have gotten a job the next day, and after a week didn't like it, we could have told the guy take this job and shove it and walked out. <laughs> we could have moved back home, whatever. We we were. I don't know the difference if all of a sudden you had this huge number every month that you had to pay a student loan. That maybe one of your parents or somebody co-signed for, and your biggest horror was that they were going to have to pay this thing off because you couldn't do it. It's it's just like people. I remember back in the housing issues, Mike, in uh, uh, 2007 and something. There, there was older people who would always be, you know, just bitching a blue streak about these these young kids and how they paid too much for this house. And I say, hey, look, give some, give these guys a break, will you? I mean, when 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 we got out of school, I mean, you, you went and got an apartment, which wasn't very much. I mean, I, did, I didn't do this, but I was more working, and for some reason I never got married, but I don't know why. But the uh, but it, you get there, you get an apartment, you, you get the wife or the girlfriend before you get married, you boot the roommate out. All of a sudden, you get married, you get your own one-bedroom, you have a kid, you get a two-bedroom, you have a second kid, you buy a house. And, and it, depending, it doesn't matter what year it is. I mean, that's that's the program, or it always has been the program. Well, some people lucked out and bought a house where it w- it never went down and did not went up 5% a year for the first the next 20 years other groups they bought a house and two, two years later it was down 25% that's not that's not their fault i mean it is it is an individual yeah can, it's sort of like uh people i have on the show saying these banks shouldn't have uh they should have been smart enough to buy treasuries not buy treasuries that cheap or that cheap of an interest rate which means they paid too much for the treasury yeah you know if they'd have had my advice, they might. I might have said, "Gee, you know, these things are at this pra- at this right. We got to buy some some puts on these things. We got to do something because this is only going to go one way." They might have listened to me. They might not have. But there's no way I could have saved trillions of dollars of, of federal. I mean, the idea of the of the federal government selling people stuff that a year later bitching at them for buying it when they're the ones that sold it to them. I, I find that unbelievable. Don't you? Yeah, that's very true. But but I'm uh, saying a lot of it's timing. I, our group. You would have had to really try to screw up if you. Well, we were very fortunate. I agree with you, and you know, and we were also very fortunate fortunate to have been born in America. You know, oh yeah. There's a lot of people that uh, you know look at the the people from India or from Central America or wherever. You know, we are a, a fortunate generation. So. But I mean, I think the idea that 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 somebody start. I mean, what would it have been like if we would have walked out of Notre Dame? With a quarter million dollar debt over our head, I can't well, even imagine. I can't even imagine that. That's a choice that people are making. Unfortunately, I disagree with that choice. Uh, you know, my kids didn't have any debt, although Patrick had to serve four years in the army. But uh, you know, other than that, you know, it wasn't too bad. And he he also got a quality education. But but you've been sold a bill of goods, 
that the quarter million dollars is a tremendous investment on your earning power. So there's been there's, well, there's been a lot of BS you know, behind that it. I just I don't know about that anymore. So you're you're right about that. It is a bill of goods at this point. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess I don't understand why the the rates have gone. If you if you put in the CPI calculator our senior year. By the way, I want to ask you about this dam in Ukraine, so I'll shut up in a sec. Uh, our senior year, if you put the CPI, we paid, I'm going to say 3500 was our tuition somewhere in there. I, I, I kind of get lost because I, being the RA, I didn't pay room and board senior year, but I think it was like 3200 we paid. So say 4200 with room and board. If you put that in the, in the CPI calculator right now, you're talking, it's, it's like nineteen grand, and yet the school's seventy. So if it was nineteen grand. The kids would be in the same shape we are, but they're not. It's three and a half times that. But why? I guess is the question. Where, where's all this money going? Well, that's the it, you know education money seems to be going to the administrators. It's I don't know that it's going to the teachers because you have a lot of adjunct professors. Like yeah. a lot of the people that you talk to on the show are, are probably adjunct professors. Well, what do they pay, Bob? We well, did the international. Bob, yeah, they didn't pay him that much. I think he paid. I think he was. He had like between all the people, the satellite places. I think he had. Uh, what did he tell us, Mike? Was it forty-five, fifty people in his class at five grand a person? And right. He, and they made. They and paid him. He 1500. certainly wasn't getting that. Mike. I think they paid him fifteen hundred. Right. <laughs> anyway, what, what's the story with this Ukraine thing? Are they just making it harder to have a count? What is is this scorched earth just pissing everybody off? Is there a? Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is, and uh, you know. We're not dealing with a rational actor in Putin, so, you know, it's just uh, he's going to destroy what he can of the Ukrainian society. And uh, I also think it was a diversion because he's worried about the Ukrainians and their counteroffensive. So we'll see what happens, how it comes out. Will this make it harder? Is this water in the way of the offensive? I don't know about that. I haven't looked into that, but I would. It certainly diverts uh, probably critical resources for the Ukrainians to handle the flooding or whatever else is going on, and and it uh, it just kind of distracts Zelensky when he doesn't need any distraction. Yeah, I read read something, and I was maybe I'll, maybe by next week we'll have you back on, but I, something about. Uh, the amount of usable bridges across the river. Obviously, there's a river below the damn dam, and uh, and and when you open it up, the flooding has got to be. There's only like a few bridges now that the offensive can go across. Right, but right. I, and the Dnieper River is a critical river in Ukraine. Yeah, it, it kind of splits uh, eastern Ukraine from western Ukraine. So it's a uh, well, Mike. Thank you very much. Uh, how are things going by you? Are you got a lot of a uh, bad atmosphere or what? A little bit. Uh, you know, I, I was out working in the yard yesterday, and as you already said, the Nationals canceled their game. It, it, it's come to Charlottesville a little bit. It's not too bad. But our error index one day was over 200, which is, I guess, pretty bad. And a lot of workers, it's, I think the construction workers will be back today, but a lot of them weren't working yesterday because of the air quality. Well, another couple of weeks of this, we'll talk about it on Monday with uh, Greg. Another couple of weeks of this, you better start stacking up on cornflakes and oatmeal because uh, these crops are in, are in danger here. We got no rain at all. Yeah. All right, okay. take care of yourself, buddy. SP Futures down one, as if he's up 17. I'll be right back. Stacks and Jacks.
This self-directed trading is a lonely job. Online trading is not as easy as point and click. No, it's not. Everyone, even professionals, need to share ideas and think out loud every now and then. That's what I like about PTI Pro Direct. Their staff of former option floor traders really helps me choose the right strategy for trading option volatility and plan the time to gain for my covered writing program. Yep, nothing can replace years of trading experience to stop you from making that dumb trade and for saving a few bucks. We've all been there and done that. <laughs> yeah, I have access to all that great trading advice and experience for just a penny a share for stocks, $1 for equity options, and $1 minimum a trade. Our clients at PTI ProDirect can call when they need a little help on a trade or just to talk about the market in general. We trade every day. We love this stuff. That's what I like most about PTI ProDirect. Cheap prices along with great advice from real floor traders. It's the best of both worlds. Tell your friends. That's PTIProDirect.com. PTIProDirect.com. Are you one of the millions of people who suffer with pain? Do you wake up in the morning with stiffness in the lower back or neck? Why are you using medication to cover up the symptoms without treating the actual cause? Painkillers, muscle relaxants, and anti-inflammatories are not the answer. At ChiroMed, physicians are trained to detect the cause of your symptoms and to correct the underlying problem. If you're ready to listen to common sense and do what it takes to make changes in your body that can affect your health for the rest of your life, give ChiroMed a call and set up a complimentary consultation. They are located in Orland Park and can be reached at 708-403-2727. 20,000 patients over 22 years have been treated at ChiroMed and over 90% of them have had positive results without medication or expensive surgery. Isn't it time you did something good for your body too? Give ChiroMed a call, 708-403-2727. That's 708-403-2727. Let's get you pain-free and living again. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of Home Source Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Right here, right now, right here, right now, right now. There's something happening here. Hello, no back stocks and jocks. I'm Tom Howe, Andrew on the board, SP Futures. Down 50 cents. I'm sure soon to be up. As it features up 21, we cannot we cannot go down. Uh, do we have the professor Carl? You do. You do. Carl, our buddy Andrew is going to uh, uh, Cedar Point to do uh, check out on roller skates and stuff. He lo- he loves roller skates, roller coasters. Roller. The uh, by the way, Andrew uh, Sandusky. It's in Sandusky, Cedar Point, and it's only yes. Halfway between Toledo and Cleveland. Matter of fact, not even halfway. So, I, it yeah, be. I, I know exactly where it is. I've been there many times. Is it a good place? Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> so Cedar Point's an interesting theme park in that it really is a roller coaster park more than anything else. Um, and the other thing that's curious, and if you're into such things, uh, I'm assuming it's still there. I, I haven't been there in about ten years, but uh, last time I was there, it was still there. They have a building in the middle of their midway that is full of period-specific uh, uh, pinball machines. 
Really? And it, it's it's from my point of view, it's one of the highlights of the place because I collect those things and I love them. Uh, but they, uh, the last time I was there, they were in less good repair than you would hope. But um, so there was, you had to pay attention to which ones you stuffed quarters in because the you know, you uh, one that's not where working would you, right. Where would you get parts? Oh no, parts are still available. It's yeah. it, it, surprisingly enough. Um, the the parts for the various there's there's really only there's only two manufacturers that are still in the business, um, Stern and uh, and another place called Jersey Jack, which is relatively new. But uh, originally there was there was Williams, there was Gottlieb, uh, Bally. Well, yeah, Bally was a big one here in Chicago. Well, it, it, and then Bally and Williams merged. Yep. Okay. Uh, and then they both got out of the business because it was more profitable to make one-armed bandits for the gambling industry than it was to make pinball machines. Well, you ever? I'm sure you have, but you ever see when a guy come in to repair him and he'd flip the thing up, the, the incredible wire, the amount of wires and stuff underneath that thing? Oh, I, I, I fix my own. I have five of them in my basement. Really? I mean, they're, they're really something. I, I collect them, and, and uh, one of them I acquired from a, uh, another gentleman when I lived in Northwest Florida that had it, it was all screwed up. He didn't know how to fix it. And there were people, you know, there are people that will, but <laughs> they're not cheap. Yeah, but where, where do you buy, like, a bumper I mean, that, that shoves the ball back? I mean, it's got to be a... I mean, how do you buy oh, one? The, well, most of, the, most of the common parts, the electromechanical stuff's all common between them. Although there are some differences in mechanism, uh, you know, the flipper mechanisms, for example, between, uh, the, you know, the Williams and the Stearns. Uh, one of the things that I have done is that uh, one of the ones I have is Apollo 13, which is not a Williams or a Bally. Uh, and uh, the original equipment flipper mechanisms in there are kind of crappy by my reckoning anyway. So I retrofit the Williams ones in there, which, well, what's uh, the, which work much the better. the average age, what, 40 years? F- 50? Well, um, let's see. The stuff I have all dates, uh, you know, 1980s, 1990s, uh, 2000-ish is about when it stopped. Well, I mean, so I'm talking although, about ones that were way before that. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, there's wood rails. I mean, if, if you're really into it, there is a place called Virtual Flipper World. It's just outside of Ann Arbor, just north of Ann Arbor. They're open one weekend a year, and uh, they have everything from the old wood rails all the way up to the modern stuff. Uh, you pay for a wristband, you get in, you can play. They they have several hundred tables. Wow. It's 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 astounding. Sarah and I used to go up there every year before the COVID crazy, and uh, we we'd go up there and you know buy tickets for the whole weekend. And they they used to well, I don't know if they still do. I'm sure they do at least in the parking lot to some extent. At one point they allowed camping, uh, but uh, one of the more popular things we'd like to do is we tailgate. So we bring our beer and whatever have you, and uh, play a few games, go out. And, you know, chug one and come back in and play some more. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. So, yeah, you're there for the whole weekend if you do that. But it's um, that is probably the best muse- best preserved and best maintained uh, pinball museum in the United States. Well, it's surprising when you when you see everybody walking along with their, you know, with their phones. <clears throat> I mean, it, the difference in lifestyle for people who were 16, 17, 18, you know, back when I, when I grew up. I mean, you... There was only probably one TV in the house, so the idea of staying home at night, <laughs> sitting there with your parents watching TV, didn't really. But the parents, and 
people were able to go out. Everybody went out. I mean, you were never home. And it was a, we had a bowling alley in our neighborhood. Well, it was it was actually about a mile or so away. And they had all the bowling alleys, and all the guys and the ladies had their their leagues and they're bowling away and drinking and doing what they're doing. And they had a pool room that had twenty tables in it. So you'd go over there and you'd, you'd rent the table for an hour or two, and and three of your buddies and you chat pool. And then uh, they had maybe ten f- pinball machines. And after we had played the pinball machines, and people razzed the guy shooting, <laughs> and. It, I don't know if anybody, nobody ever got shot. Nobody ever, this was, you could do that four nights a week and have a, and have a good, I mean, I, the idea of that kind of camaraderie now, I don't even, I don't, I don't even see it at all. I mean, I, but it was, it was a thing to do, but I used to like the guys who were the, uh, they were the guys who knew just how much you could shake the machine before it tilted. They were, well, ma- they were yeah, masters at it. Well, and that depends on how it's set too, because the, the tilt is actually just a weighted bob uh, inside there's a basically a shaft that hangs down with a weighted bob on the end of it, and it's adjustable. Uh, and then it sits in the middle of a ring. And if it touches the outside of the ring, it makes contact, and it's an electrical contact, and that's the tilt. Yep, and all of a sudden uh, your game's gone. Well, it, it, at least your ball depends on the game. And, but, and then there's, there are several others. There's also a ball on the track, so if you try to pick it up to cheat, uh, that ball slides forward and hits a contact, and that's a tilt. And then uh, the, the final one is that there are actually slam switches in both the door and on the play field. So if you get really aggressive, uh, those will go. And if you trip one of those, that's the game. It, it shuts it off. Okay. So, I mean, but that's, that last one is actually a protective device uh, so that, uh, you know, people have a disincentive to beat up on the machine at the point that might be damaged. Yeah. Well, once in a while I'd see somebody put his fist through the glass, but that was about it. Uh. Well, those, uh, yeah, and that's tempered glass. If you do that, it's going to make a hell of a mess. Yeah. Because it's, right. it's going to shatter into a billion pieces, kind of like the side window on your car. Yep. Hey, uh, I don't know if you were listening earlier, but Dan brought up some interesting stuff yesterday. And in the last few weeks, I mean, clearly the market goes up, you know, damn near every day. And with the corresponding VIX going down every day. So whatever you want to call it, the price right. of insurance, the fear index or whatever. And we have this... And uh, Dan is, you know, a very observant sort. And he was talking yesterday that he used the word comfortable. I mean, Kevin and I think the word might be more resigned. That everybody has become very comfortable with this inflation level. This is just their new life. Nobody's about to vote anybody in or out or revolt or do anything because of it. And every single day, it seems like uh, you'll see. I mean, I just, I, on the way in today, I, I, I was listening to, I was waiting for Andrew. There was a settlement, I think Mount Prospect, fire department or somebody in, somebody in hell uh, they were going to give their guys an unprecedented 2% bonus <laughs> in addition to uh, like a 2 or 2.5% two raise for the next a year for the next 2 years and I'm going they just put their fire department in a recession for God's sake but wh- why doesn't why, why is it just you and I talking about this Carl I mean this is so damn obvious to me I can't even or, or, we're, we're institutionalizing I, I used I went I know, earlier if you're listening or not. I mean, you can. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I've had the show on since the start. I mean, I mean, the idea that we all of a sudden are getting, we're not necessarily enslaving people in the sense that we own them, but we're we're owning a little bit, a little bit more of them every year. Somebody is, and I just you I know, find I, it, I, I, chief, I have, 
I, I've been a student of this stuff going back to the 1990s because I was, you know, I was involved in it, of course, you know, with the internet business. And like, I'm jealous because I'm all the way back to the 70s and it feels worse. Yeah, well, you know, I paid very little attention to the market um, at all in the 1980s until uh, I happened to be working in Chicago when the 87 crash happened. I was working in the OEX pit. How'd that work out? Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. Well, I mean, I was, you know, I, I lived in Chicago and, and uh, you know, I was a wage slave at the time. It was before I was running my own show. And uh, <laughs> I remember it because I was, I happened to be downtown the Friday before it happened. And, and half the people in the bar were laughing their butts off because they, they, you know, they had puts or were short. And the other half were crying in their beer because they were on, you know, they were on the other side. And that was before electronic trading was, you know, was open. You could you couldn't do anything about it. You after the market closed on Friday, you were screwed until Monday morning, right? Oh yeah, without a doubt. So yeah, so I mean, there was nothing you could do. You you knew you were going to get it in the pants, and uh, you know that was just too bad, buddy. You're you're bankrupt, and uh, you know. But they, the thing that was funny was that people knew. They knew what was going to happen on Monday morning. They knew they knew three days later. The, well, you didn't know, you didn't know the extent. No, you didn't know the magnitude, but they knew it was coming. And, 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 you know, on the other hand, there were, you know, like I said, there was about a 50-50 split. Half the people were extremely happy. The other half were crying. And, and the thing that was, was interesting was that they all knew that something really extraordinary was going to occur, but they didn't know the magnitude, of course. Well, uh, I, I totally it, misrepresented the magnitude when I, when I say well, that. We, well, we all found out, didn't we? Well, I'm, the thing uh, that was so surprising uh, was that, you know, the, the crash was, was, quote, on on Monday, but it really right. started Wednesday night. Well, that's right. Yeah, and that was, and that was the thing. Is, I mean, they, you know, the people that were, you know, that were in trouble, they'd been in trouble for a couple of days. And, and I don't think anybody that was there and was, was doing it expected it was going to be nearly as bad as it was. Well, uh, from a trading standpoint, I mean, not to go into the whole history of it because it's, it's painful to remember, um... The, the big problem was that, that the Friday was an expiration. Right, exactly. But, I mean, I remember on the weekend knowing that I was in bad shape uh, because I had gazillion of puts, <laughs> damn near a gazillion, that expired on Friday. and Yeah, I, there was nothing you could do about it. They well, the, they, I had all kinds of October puts, but I was right. short November puts because people kept buying November and I kept hedging them with the October, and whenever I could, I was making the switch one to the other because I knew that was a dangerous situation. But I had never not been able to make that that procedural move in two days, where I could buy the next month and sell the near month. You, you right. just you just couldn't do it. I mean, or, I mean, I suppose if I'd have left a pit and given the order to a broker, I'd have got it done at some price. But uh, but it was a a totally. I had I had so many puts that were that were in my bag Saturday morning that were no no. But I mean, the point being. Is that you look at this, and, you, and, I, and I, on Saturday morning, guess what? I'm, I'm looking at this, and I'm going, all right. Uh, I we just had between Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we'd already had damn near a 10 percent move. So when people say the crash was 22 percent, that's BS because it was t- down like 10 percent before that even started or more. So I go back in history and I go, okay, well, let's see. The crash at 29 was like about 15 percent. We are, right. We're already down 10. Uh, Eisenhower's heart attack was, what, 8 or 9. Uh, when Kennedy got shot, it was 7 or 9 or something. So I'm thinking, okay, if we go down another 5% tomorrow, I'm, I'm okay. 
Yeah, then you weren't. <laughs> but but that, it, was, it wasn't just that. It was the the the, the put the price of insurance blew up from, you know, the, the volatility on, on Tuesday morning was 310. Right. No, I know. So, but it, it had been, but the, the amount of puts I was short on a normal day wouldn't have not even have been a problem. But obviously, they were a problem. They should have been up 20 bucks and they were up 50. You know, that type right. of thing. Right. So, well, well, one of the things, so what I, what I think's happening, so, you know, I, I heard your, your first hour stuff. And uh, you know the the premise that people have become kind of numb to the inflationary pressures and things like this. Um, yes and no. Okay, so Sarah and I were down in my old stomping grounds around Fort Walton a couple of weeks ago, uh, and then uh, last week I was out in Kansas City at a AI conference. Well, wasn't actually an AI conference. There's a a networking conference for. Uh, for the Great Plains area uh, with regards to educational institutions and stuff. And I was on the keynote panel speaking about AI ethics, which uh, was the reason I made the trip out there. But down in Fort Walton, it was rather interesting. So my best guess was that the inflation, the real inflation in terms of, uh, you know, restaurants and hotel rooms and things like this, and this is over the last 18 months because that was about the last time I was down there. It was about 40%. Well, that's if you look at the... Money supply numbers. Well, I, no, between, I don't, yeah. well, yeah, we've talked about that. Okay, I mean that's that's about what it ought to be, right? Well, but it's uh, it's it's forty percent for the people who have money, because right. that's and it's probably thirty percent for the people who don't because they're not their demand is dropped. Well, but here's so here's the thing though. All right, it's it's not just the gross change and things like that. It is the wild screwing to the to the tune of several hundred percent in a handful of places that individually you might shrug at, but over time, these all add up and these all get you, okay? Just one example is that there are municipal parking lots in Destin that the city has run forever. They used to be free. You didn't have to pay at all. They would, and, and generally, they were off hours uh, parking in things like the community center's parking lot, okay? When community center's closed, uh, well, you know, there's nobody at the community center, right? <laughs> so, and, and these are city-funded services. Well, then, a number of years ago, but before I left, uh, and I used to use those lots occasionally when I was down there partying or if there was a race in the morning, they, they started doing this thing where you had to have an app on your phone and it was a dollar an hour. Right? Well, that's, I mean, you know, okay, whatever. I'm down there... We go to this very good steakhouse and Irish pub that is is arguably the ble- best place to get something like that uh, in the area. Been around forever, 20 years. Their parking lot is woefully small, and on top of that, all the all the spaces are crazily tight together. So you're you know you're running the risk of somebody you know banging your door or whatever. Well, see, and you got the suburban, of course. No, I I, I had the Mazda. Okay. I, I, yeah, I'm going to take the suburban. It gets 15 miles a gallon instead of the Mazda. It gets almost 40. Right. Um, maybe not. So, anyway, I'm like, okay, we circle a couple of times. I was like, nah, we'll go in the municipal lot. It's now $15 flat rate. That's that's really something. All right, so it goes, you know, if you're going to go to a restaurant, right, it, you're going to be there for a couple hours. It's going to cost you 2 bucks the way it used to be, right? So, okay, fine, no big deal. I pay the 2 bucks. I don't care. $15 is seven times as much money, right? Seven and a half times. So what was the inflation percent on that? Well, the I mean the the 
I don't. Not only is it inflation percentage, it's. I don't. They're they're. They're shooting themselves in the foot in a lot of ways. I think. Uh, you, one of the uh, restaurant bars that I like to stop into, but don't very much. It's on the way home, and uh, it's you know I don't mind stopping in, but I I really don't want to stop in for one glass of wine and a sandwich and pay ten bucks to park or ten fifty. Right. You know it's uh, you wonder though the city property taxes they hit these guys up with sales taxes they hit these guys up with I'm sure there's a liquor tax they hit them up with and yet they put a tax on you going in the front door to the point where I'll bet it costs them it's a small place I'm at the Club Lago nice place guys that own it uh, two brothers good guys I, I'm going to say it costs them 200 people a year minimum maybe 400 that say, should I stop in for a beer? I say, ah, screw it. I'm, I'm, I'm not paying 10 bucks to the city. 10 50 whatever it is. I mean, you, you, you're working against yourself in a lot of these ways. Well let, me, well, let me tell you what was even worse, was that all the people that used to work in that place were all locals. Okay, I knew some of them. They're all gone. Now they're all J-1 visa holders. And it was obvious as soon as you walked in the front door. Yeah. All right, so here's so all right, so what did all those local people what do they do for a job now? And you know why it happened because they can't may they can't survive and can't pay the rent on what the place can pay. Right. Right? So that's why they did this. So what it so you know, hey, listen, the business owner is, you know, is, I mean, arbitrage, it's legal, that's what they're going to do. All right. On the other hand, what does this do to the people in the local economy? All you've done is specialize and further shrink things. And this is this is where I think the folks are saying that people have become inured to this. They've they've gotten used to it. They got numb to it. Everything's going to be okay. You know, just go. No, that's not nuh-uh. for a while, for a while, but for very long, no. Because ultimately, you know, I mean, you, you just take a look at the the statistics. The Fed comes out with credit card debt is through the ceiling yep okay the rates on that debt are going up because even though they were confiscatory to start with now they're even worse uh people it's people are trying to do the same thing the federal government has been doing for the last 30 years and longer which is you know we make 100 grand we'll spend 125 right and and where's the other 25 it's on our credit card well I I, I, i would say a lot of stuff there, there's always going to be people that just overspending their credit card. But I, sure. I, but I, I really do believe, and I try and do the best I can for people, and if you look at the causes of, of bankruptcies and stuff on a credit card, it's stuff that people didn't plan on. It's the $2,500 transmission. It's the, you know, like 2500 or 3000 or ten grand if you got a foreign card. What, what are you talking about? Or it's the... Uh, emergency room bill for the kid who broke his ankle playing soccer that's you're now 25 percent of the bill and the, the, somehow these guys come up with like a 20 grand emergency room bill or some ridiculous number like that so now you're on the hook for five and you go five well nobody has five in cash i mean, I mean you and i might but but everybody, everybody else that goes right on the credit card so it's it's this it's this expense that you didn't expect that you're now paying you think you have all this credit but credit at 25 percent isn't exactly good credit I mean, and, and you—I don't know what kind of credit score you have to be to get a real number on a on a uh, credit card. I mean, 
Does anybody have a ten percent rate on a credit? I mean, there's a couple of not any, not anymore. A couple and credit unions, maybe, maybe a couple of credit unions will do it for you. Well, but, you know, not anymore. Okay. Yeah. I mean, is you know, is, has that been true historically that there's been you know that that kind of thing possible? Sure, but but can you? And, and then even when you go look at you know what it, what's next? Okay, personal loans, right? Because people you know consolidate, then they run the credit yeah. back up, but. Those are all tied to you know to whatever prime happens to be and things like this too with the margin on them. So this is not this is not changing. It's not going away. Um, it's the the craziness around here in the real estate area is has shows no sign of breaking at all. No, even though mortgage rates well, well, have, that's, that's, you know have shot the moon. Well, it's kind of what I'm. Um, this is what I'm, I'm. My theme of today's show, and of course I'm I'm sort of walking all over the, the subject like I always do, but. Why haven't, when interest rates have essentially doubled, and there, there's reasons for it. I mean, Audrey and Nancy come out on Monday, and Audrey talks about a lot of the, the, the sales she has now, and Nancy's sort of the same way, the, that your new sales are, when I say new sales, sales to new people are sort of dropping, but what Audrey says, you get the, you get the older couple that sells the house and buys a smaller house because they're selling right. a place for cash. But people are making the trade. The cash trade. It's really hard to make the trade trade if you're paying three and now the new place is six. Right. And Nancy was talking about a couple of people got divorced, just technically a new mortgage, and they had a three and now they're paying six, and it's causing real problems. Uh, you know, so, I mean, it's – but I'm, I'm, I'm really surprised. I mean, I would have guessed if you just stuck me in a, in a classroom and said, uh, you know, rates went from three to six and a half – I would have thought home prices would be down 20%. And actually, they're not. in some areas, I mean, uh, San Francisco's down 200000 a house or something, but they've got other, other problems. But, but in it, general, not. In general, not. And I'm, is, it, is it, what is Kevin, his favorite line, gradually, then all at once? I mean, is, is all this going to happen? I mean, right now, yes. I, I, I haven't seen people as comfortable in the market ever. I mean, there is, I, mean you, I don't know if you watch it during the day, but spoons will be up 15. All of a sudden, I mean, there's a little bit of a sell-off. They're up 8. And everybody buys, everybody buys in there like they're down 50. They're buying a dip, and they're not even dipped. It's Chief, just, Chief, I see it every day. Yeah, I mean, I've been watching it every day, and it's and it's just it's crazy. But here's, here's the thing that's – there's an undercurrent, though, that's starting to show up. And, I, and, it, <laughs> and it's real. And if you're not paying attention to it, I think there's a bad surprise coming. You're not going to like it. So in the last three or four weeks, I've been on the road quite a lot. Uh, And then, of course, you know, here around home. Uh, Traffic levels have gone through the floor. Really? I drove drove all the way down to Florida and back, and... Uh, normally, going through Chattanooga, you're you're going to sit in a traffic jam there for you know half an hour, forty five minutes. I mean, it's 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 not quite as bad as going through uh, going to up to Dan Ryan at uh, you know seven thirty in the morning. Because, yeah. all right, uh, and then I drove all the way out to KC, and on the on the road out from St. Louis to Kansas City, which goes through Columbia and is is a fairly major east west route. Uh, truck traffic and such look pretty normal. What is, that's not forty. What is it? That is forty. What is forty? Okay. Yeah, but um, but going through well forty seven and then seventy. Um, but here's the thing: forty going up from Knoxville towards Nashville. I could have fired Howitzer down there, not anybody. Really? 
and it's the first time other than during covid that i've gone through the nashville area with absolutely no slowdowns at all but i i think that dan's probably by the the way that was both directions when i came home it was the same deal but i think dan's probably right in the sense that people feel powerless to the point where we're just not going to do this we're not going to do that we're not going to take the vacation there's a huge difference and i i don't know how you you know somebody used to do this carl (laughs) who's who's the guy he's got to be dead he would trace the uh shall we say the dichotomy in the economy between the upper and lower by tracing the price of high-class hookers versus low-class hookers. Right, right. And I, and I don't know how you how you would you would uh, make a determination between those people who did very well in the COVID and the inflation and maybe asset holders and so forth. Uh, I mean, I, clearly, if you go to the airport and you look at the clamor to get first-class seats, things look pretty friggin' good, right? Yet, if you go on a, on a road where somebody might have taken their their kids to hot springs or someplace there's nobody on the road I don't know, how do you quantify that i guess is the question well the other thing that i'm seeing in in around here and it's i can't quantify it in other areas as much um, although i have to say uh, what i saw in kc uh, in terms of what you could get rates in the hotels for at that time uh, and the traffic around the so-called party district, uh, you know, just foot traffic, number of people in restaurants, things like this. Uh, if you think people aren't getting bit by this, boy, are you crazy. I, I mean, I would, <laughs> even even after the COVID, you know, stupid lockdown stuff went away and people, you know, were able to go back out and have some fun, um, I, I would say that the traffic level down there is probably half of what I was used to. And the local establishments around here, there's a couple of them that are, yeah, okay, they're kind of sort of doing okay, but traffic levels are way down. But I, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, you go into a pub, and I mean, I live here now, so, you know, this is in the northeast. But, how, but how is it, how is it, you say there's, and by, by, by the way, I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I see that all over the place. I mean, last night here in, in uh, Chicago in the South Loop, well, where the exchanges are, they're a shadow of its former self. Yet last night, the series was mobbed. Which is you know, Thursdays and New Friday. You went to O'Neill's down, down where I met somebody downstairs. They were crowded. The tavern over there in a nice place on the on the plaza. And if and if you if you went around the corner, there's a nice place with a bunch of beers. I bet they were mobbed. Yet you're walking by five places that aren't open anymore. You know, so it's hard right. to. I guess my question is, when is the people who are silently hurting or or, or retrenching? I'll use that term. When is this going to? Tr- translate into any kind of a let's let's get a different group of leaders and I'm not talking about Democrats Republicans when, when is it going to translate into something that's going to make some kind of change here where the, where the next 10 years we're not just going to fleece our population I mean I don't see any change at all there do you no and that's it but that's the problem is I think you know and, and this also goes to you know there's now currently this among some people anyway there's this huge outrage that you know Trump has been indicted a second time okay you know they hit yesterday uh, at the same time literally the same day uh, we had several Congress people who after three years of stonewalling the FBI finally let them see that form uh, there is also was leaked yesterday 
a email with the email addresses redacted, but nothing else, um, that essentially documented uh, two $5 million bribes, one for Hunter and one for Joe Biden, both of which related directly to Ukraine, where, by the way, may I remind you, we have this little war going on, uh, and and everybody on both sides of the aisle loves it. Lindsey Graham is out there saying it's the best money we've ever spent killing Russians. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and at the same time, though, we have what appears to be hard evidence that our Justice Department sat on for three years that the man who is currently president of the United States took a $5 million bribe in order to get a prosecutor fired over there. And by the way, Joe Biden bragged about that on national television. Yeah, by the so, way, hold that thought. SP Futures up 25 cents, Nancy Futures up 37. Be right back. Stacks and Jacks. How much confidence do you have that your investments will make you wealthy? Do you truly know the odds? Welcome to Luckbox, the control freak's guide to life, money, and probability. Luckbox shows you how to factor in the likelihood of success before you commit to an investment or any other life decision. Your brain is smarter than your gut, and that's why you owe it to yourself to read Luckbox. We've made it easy because Luckbox is free for one year at luckboxmagazine.com jocks. Each new issue dives deep into the current investing climate, separates the signal from the noise with timely, actionable trading ideas and equips you with savvy investing tactics you don't already know all while exploring how to live your best life through music spirits food sports travel fitness and a whole lot more luckbox is the essential magazine for proactive investors who are hell-bent on controlling their financial futures it's for overachievers and alpha types who don't buy into wall street's investment gurus it's for mavericks who believe in life luxury and the pursuit of happiness it's for you smart investors don't bet on possibilities they play the probabilities luckbox is 7.99 on newsstands, but you can subscribe for 10 free digital issues at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Don't rely on luck. Get Luckbox at luckboxmagazine.com slash jocks. Hello, this is Tom Howard, the Chief. We've talked a lot on the show about risk and suitability, about how your portfolio should match your age, income, and risk appetite. It's been hard for investors to maintain that suitability in the last several years due to a Fed strategy that has driven interest rates to virtually zero. You may have even heard that the Fed was trying to drive conservative investors to a riskier portfolio on purpose, for whatever reason. I'm sure you're aware of investors that took some increased risk, such as longer-term fixed-income securities, and are now unhappy with that choice. At PTI, we've always stressed total portfolio risk awareness and tried to minimize chasing returns in a tough environment. Well, now it looks like maybe interest rates are moving more towards historical levels. Everyone needs to be aware of what that continued movement might do to your portfolio, both good and bad. We also have a stock market that seems to have stalled, at least for the short term. I think it's time for everyone to take a serious look at their goals, their risks, and their portfolios. Do they match? If not, we can help. We have a signature protected index program. We have ways to hedge against interest risk. We can make that portfolio right for you again. Go to PTISecurities.com or call us right now. The market can change very rapidly. That's PTISecurities.com. Hi, I'm Audrey Johnson, an owner of HomeSource Realty and a frequent contributor to Stocks and Jocks. If you're nervous about the stock market and considering diversification, or are looking for a rate of return way better than your banks, consider adding rental properties to your portfolio. Whether it's a condo, single family, or multi-unit building, I can help you select a property that meets your financial needs. Call or text me at 708-349-3456. That's 708-349-3456. Or visit my website at myhomesourcerealty.com. That's myhomesourcerealty.com. Stocks, jocks, stocks and jocks. Stocks and jocks. You are out of control. Here, right now, right here, right now, right now. 
Lone Wolf X, Saxon Jacks. I'm Tom Howard. Andrew on the board. SP Futures up 50 cents. The NSA Futures up 32. Dow Futures down 57. So, kind of a mixed bag. Not much going on. Over in Europe, uh, slightly the downside, but uh, but muted. muted. Uh, DAX down 26, 0.1%, 0.2% save. FTSE down 38.5. It's the only one moving really a little bit. Tech ran down 22.3. So, uh, slow but down. Nikkei up 623. They've got to be 20 some year high, easy. A uh, 32,265. That's up almost two percent. Hang Seng up 90.5 percent. Uh, They're still. The other day they were down on the year, so it's whatever. Uh, Shanghai up 17, 32.31. Maybe Carl has a comment on uh, a little bit of why these Nikkei or the Japan's going one way and China the other. Obviously, we know China has all those problems, but it seems like it's really a huge difference in the exchanges. Uh, Dow yesterday was up 168, S&P up 26, NASDAQ up 133, just another day at the office. Uh, bonds up one basis point, 3.73, to bun uh, down 5, 2.37, it's kind of an odd one up, one down. Uh, Japan unchanged at 0.43. Oil uh, up 13 cents, 71.42, still in this 68 to 74 range, it's been there for a real long time. Uh, OPEC meeting, or no OPEC meeting, they're staying in the same spot. Brent up 15 cents, 76.11. Natural gas down 7 cents, 227. Our Bob on change to uh, 61. We've got gold, which has been trying to creep back up to uh, 2000. It's up a dime today. It's taking a long time to get there at that, 1978. Silver down 2 cents, 24.32. Uh, copper up 2 cents, 282. Crypto, which got bashed this week with this Binance uh, lawsuit, creeping back a little up 111. This is Bitcoin, 26,647. U.S. dollar virtually flat. The uh, down a little bit. The pound is one two five. I mean, the pound is one three. Wait a minute. The euro is sorry one oh seven seven. That's actually unchanged. The pr- the pound is uh, up just a hair to one one two five six. So let's say virtually flat in the currency markets. Andrew, what do you got for us, Trevi? Other sports. All right. It is seven thirty eight here in Chicago. Starting off with some sports, we had a double header between the White Sox and the Yankees. White Sox won the first game, ending 6-5, and the Yankees won the second game, ending 3-0. We also had the Cubs play, but they lost against the Angels. Angels won 3-1. And there was going to be a game between the Diamondbacks and the Nationals, but it was postponed due to pretty bad air quality over in Washington. And that's postponed all the way to June 22nd. Uh, over to tra- Chicago weather, it's currently 62 degrees today. Uh, sunny skies, we're going to have a high of 78. Over in Phoenix, they're at 71 degrees. Also sunny skies, and they're going to have a high of 96. Finally, for Chicago traffic, uh, things are definitely getting a lot more red than we saw in our first hour. And we do have an accident on the inbound Kennedy. Uh, looks like right near Keeler Avenue. Um, so that's causing even heavier delays than the construction out there already is. So... Expect delays all the way from Lawrence Avenue nearly all the way to downtown if you're coming in on that Kennedy. So that's all I got. Back to you, Chief. Um, Carl, it's kind of a, I mean, on the same thought. Hey, before we go out to the same thought, Mr. Mr. You're not you're nothing like Wayne in terms of conspiracy theorists, but you're you know you're, you're down the road a little bit. What is the conspiracy? Since we keep trying to get back on. What is the conspiracy with the automakers trying to bleep can AM radio and cars? It can't be when a car price is sixty-five grand, the extra four bucks for radio. Why is that a big deal? No, I don't. I don't think it's there's a conspiracy to it. I think it's just that nobody uses it anymore. And I mean, it's it, you know, it's like so many other things. We all had landline phones, right? I mean, I I had one when I lived in Florida, long beyond 
where you really needed one because, you know, I had a cell phone in my pocket like everybody else. But I had one because I did a fair bit of political activism where the material that I was delivering to congressional offices was delivered by fax. And they all still had fax machines on Capitol Hill at the time. This was before everybody had an email address that That's you That's because you can't, you, can't, you can't trace the fax. I mean, you can trace that there was one. You can't trace what's on it, other than like an email. People well, you could, certainly, you could certainly trace where it came from because by law you have to have your, your originating phone number uh, has to be programmed into the machine. It's actually illegal to send them without that. I understand it that. Has been. I understand right. it, but I'm saying if um, if somebody's going to check your email history, they're going to say what you said. If they check your fax history, they're not going to know that you sent a letter to, or a fax to somebody saying bleep you. Oh, I never, I never cared about that. I mean, it was petitions and things like this was okay. what I was doing at the time. This was, you know, political advocacy stuff. It was totally above board, uh, but. Because that was how you had to communicate with congressional offices. Uh, you know, I, I paid for the landline, okay, long beyond where I really needed it. Uh, of course, that's all gone now, right? The, uh, those people who think they have a landline really don't. Right. Uh, when my mother got ill, uh, I, I got her finally to switch. You know, older people tend to be very uh, accustomed to their ways. And I got her to switch because she could stick a flip phone in her pocket, and if she fell, she didn't have to crawl her way to a phone on the wall. Oh, I get it. Right? Because oh. she had the thing in her pocket. She could pick it up and, you know, dial 911 if something terrible happened. And, uh, and, and I managed to convince her that this was a good idea at the point that she got frail enough that that possibility was real, uh, at least in her head. So, but, you know, I mean, that, that landline and that phone number had been hers you know, forever. I mean, I remember it back from when I was a kid. We had the same phone number, right? So, uh, the thing is, though, is that if you have a supposed landline now, it really isn't. It goes to a concentrator in your neighborhood, and then it goes over fiber optics and the Internet. Right. All right. So, these older technologies, the thing about them is when all of this other wonderful stuff stops working the older ones will still work uh, the, I, anybody who up until maybe a year or two ago anybody who participated especially like 700 hour attorneys or who participated in conference calls and charged people and used their cell phones should be shot in the, in the, in the local square the oh diff- absolutely the difference in quality between a copper landline at home and a, and a cell phone. I used to, I was on. I did some expert witness stuff, and I was using the, the landlines in the office, which are you know we still brokerage firm. You're still going to use your phones, right? I mean, I'd get on there and I couldn't understand any of these people. I'd say, "Are all you guys on like cell phones?" Well, yeah. Well, well what's the point? <laughs> what what are we doing here? <laughs> but well, well, chief, look yeah. at look at the quality improvement though that we got yes. on your show here yes. when you guys you know I mean. I had people email me, you know, five minutes after the first time that we did this on Zoom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Much better. Okay. And said, "My God, what did you do?" Well, <laughs> you know, said, but, but well, it, I can use my studio microphone. But you know, it almost do. <laughs> you could, but it also, if like, if you were in a hotel room or something, I mean, you know, Matty Weber's instead, of, you know, somebody calling on their phone, he'd say, "Give me the number of the hotel in the room." Well, yeah, I'll call you. All yeah. of a sudden, it was fine. Right. Well, and, and, but you know, then yeah. again, I mean, on the other hand. 
you know, last Friday, Jobs Friday, I was I was doing the show from the Marriott in you know Kansas City, <laughs> okay, yeah. on, on internet, and actually that link was was off tethering on my cell phone. Right. Okay. I mean, I, I get which, it. It's, which it's was got, better quality than. Oh yeah, it's gotten one hell of a lot better. It's yeah. But we're still I'm just we're, saying, but we're, technology does improve. Okay. But we but we still, <laughs> if I was going to go to a station now, we could get there and it would sound pretty good. It still wouldn't be as good as the old DSL line. The, uh, the yeah, uh, yeah, and that's but the thing you know the AM radio thing. I I I, I don't think there's a conspiracy thing there. But what I do, I will say this: there is a, there is kind of another interesting thing that's going on even with FM, which is that if you have a one of the newer radios in your car, uh, I have a retrofit in both my car and my truck now. Uh, there is more than one channel on each channel. Okay, on FM, but okay. I mean in, in your cities. I mean, I, obviously, I'm a Chicagoite. There's still, I'm going to say, 200,000 people at 7 in the morning listening to AM radio. I, I understand So there's not like nobody. Just, and that's where you're getting all your traffic, all your weather, all your market stuff. I mean, to just say, we're not going to do that anymore is when, when a radio costs how much. It'd be different if it was a $1,000 option on a car. where but people. Yeah, could, uh, but, Chief, here's the thing. Most of those stations are on one of the sub-channels on FM. Uh, one here. Okay, okay. I, you know, I mean, my traveling around. I don't know about Chicago anymore because I don't live there anymore. But traveling around, what I found is that that's generally the case. Um, uh, but the other thing is that AM, modern AM, also has a digital aspect to it as well, which is interesting and shows up on my radio in the car. Uh, but of course, you know, the the cheap AM capability. That the argument is. They, there are people who say we ought to keep it in case you know there's a nuclear war, um, or some other terrible, horrible thing. You know, an asteroid that comes in wipes us, you know, wipes out all of our modern infrastructure. And and AM is, is just more reliable. I mean, it may be scratchy, but at least you can hear it, right? That's, it's, the, it's, that's the, the theory. Well, not it's not only the theory. I mean, I've we'll talk about this in another minute or so because I want to get back to our other topic. But I mean, I, I've I've ragged a lot about. The fact that Chicago has some, I mean, most of the AM radios, AM stations that I can get on are daylight only, which is, uh, and I, I'm sure you know this, but I'm going to say most people do not, uh, it's daylight only. And the reason for that is because uh, AM radio travels so much better at night. Right. When they, when they originally set the, con- the country up for radios, they wanted, they didn't want people to be able to monopolize local radio. So there's 10 radio stations in the country that have what they call a clear channel. Correct. And so, in theory, if if if, if some bleep like who, who bought the Washington Post, what's his name? Uh, the guy owns a... Well, are you talking Facebook. about Bezos? Yeah, I mean, if, if Bezos bought all the AM stations and all the radio stations, their towers in central and southern Illinois, and only wanted to tell people what he wanted them to hear, you could still hear... 670 and 720 from Chicago down there, bright and bright and clear. There's a there's a station, but it was considered a a uh, I don't know what you want to call it, Carl, but it was a a way to stop people from controlling the news. And AM radio is capable of doing that. Now, now maybe you can say the internet is as well. I don't know about that because the internet is still in terms of security and everything. But the one thing. If, if, if all of a sudden there was all kinds of problems in this country, you could get on the score, 
670, and at night you can broadcast, and I guarantee you, you'll people hear you from a thousand miles. So even if if somebody bought all the stations up in Little Rock, Arkansas, you can listen to the score. You can listen to the station in St. Louis that, right. that Harry Carey used to be on. So there's do we do we need that kind of stuff today? Would we put that together, Carl? I'd say probably not. But if I find somebody trying to get rid of it, I wonder why. Well, yeah, I, I I agree with you there. I think that there's, uh, you know, there's there's a couple of things that are kind of go that tie into this. One of the points that uh, a lot of people are making about this whole AI thing is that essentially, uh, you know, the Googles of the world are going to and, and the Sam Altmans, uh, open you know, open AI or Chat GPT, whatever have you, are essentially there's going to be three or four of them and they're going to own the world and everybody else is going to have to bow down to them. And there was a there was an article in the press recently about a, a group that took the API interface to that, uh, defanged the left-leaning bias, and exposed that API to the public so that they could ask questions without the filter, and, uh, and they got told to shut it off. Yeah. They, they essentially had their access revoked, okay, and there was a lot of screaming about this in certain circles. Uh, it got it got thirty seconds worth of mention in the mainstream press, and then of course, uh, you know, they're they're all in the tank on one side of the aisle too, so they don't want to talk about that. But here's the here's the thing about technology over time. This is one of the points I brought up at the conference. It always ends up democratizing everything. What you had, what you used to have to run on a mainframe computer, twenty twenty five years ago, when I was doing that kind of work, trying to get it get data off of there simply for cost reasons had nothing to do with anybody trying to screw anyone it was just it's expensive okay how do we get this five million dollar hunk of our budget as a multinational corporation how do we make that two million dollars and that was you know that was the goal okay but now that sort of data movement capacity never mind the processing capability sits in a desktop computer on my desk and you and I, along with every other Tom, Dick, and Harry, can buy it. You can buy one terabyte yeah, NVMe but one, drive. But one person's controlling your ability to talk to the next computer. Well, except they're not. And, that's, and, and see, this is the thing. is This kind of democratization always ends up happening. So the people who are screaming about this stuff in the context of AI today, I guarantee you in five to ten years, it's not going to be a factor anymore. It's going to end up on your desktop machine. And, and here is where it will matter you will be able to point that AI machine at something like, for example, all the publications from the National Institutes of Health and PMC and all these other guys. And then the next virus is going to show up, and within five minutes, you're going to know that certain things have a record of working, others don't, and the government's not going to be able to stop you from discovering this. I, I, I'm, I'm your lips to God's ear, but... I'm, I'm, telling, you, Chief, I'm telling you it's going to happen, and, and the thing is this, it always has well, with technology it always has uh, telephone lines and communication got in the hands of one one company forever yeah they did and you know what but and then it got broke but then it got broken and, and, and all back together again well yes and no okay to some extent you're right and to another extent though you're wrong all right your your options when cell phones first showed up you had two carriers a and b right okay the old amp systems you had the wireline carrier, right. which in, in Chicago was Ameritech. And then you had Cellular One, which was the non-wireline. That I, was the I, B carrier. Well, I want to get back to our, our, our Congress discussion. But I, yeah. we, we can argue about this because I can 
maybe I'm an, I'm more on the consumer end of it than, than you are. I don't I don't really have a problem, um, Carl, with uh, somebody coming out with fiber optics and cable and telling me, uh, you know, this is going to be cheaper than the copper landline for maintenance and all that stuff. And I think it was a DSL line we had. I'm not sure. It was the one where you had the two digital lines, and that's why it was so clear. Yeah, that was uh, yeah, that was ISDN. ISDN, and uh, the original. In fact, yeah. I got a, I got a Telus machine here that used to be worth fifteen hundred bucks that, that now is not worth paperweight. Uh, but if if somebody were to come into the office and say you can use uh, cable to get to the score, I mean that's where John and I went with it, and every other station we were on, uh, and it's it's almost as good, and uh, by the way, it's going to be. Half as much. I mean, you're paying 100 bucks for the uh, uh, ISDN line, and uh, this will be 50. Okay, I get right. I get a choice to say the quality difference is pretty friggin' close. I'm going to go with the new model. I I can roll with you there, Carl. I, I that's that's the world that way it ought to be that you and I I think both totally believe in. That's not what happened. AT and T, who was the provider of the uh, ISDN line, we got to the point where they went to the state legislature and said, we want everybody to to convert over to the other. Oh, oh, I know. I, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, no. I, and at one ooh, point, ooh. They, they, they raised the price in the building here. Now, we never used AT&T for the actual phone call, what you want to talk about, because right. they wanted ridiculous prices. Uh, we used uh, Sprint or somebody. So, but so we were paying. I was going two hours a morning to Arizona, and it was costing me two hundred fifty dollars a month, which I thought was a pretty good deal, really, back in those days. Guess how much they talked the state of Illinois into raising the rates here for me to get down to the alley to get. Oh the no, uh, no, I was. We were in the middle of that because we had we had all the, we had the North Points and the rhythms of the world try to. Uh, I, I'm well aware of what happened there. So it was like six hundred hours a month. I, I know. I was right. Yeah. I was in the middle of that nonsense with all of the the bribery and the scams, and I, and I will call it bribery. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it pretty much was okay, and uh, we we fortunately dodged that bullet. It it could have put us out of business. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, the point being is if a new technology came along, but I don't want AT and T to force me to the new technology by being able to raise the prices to something that is criminal. Well, that's well, that's yeah. because you've got you've got the same thing going on that's going on with Congress today in so many different areas of of our economy and in the state houses, okay, you know, and Pritzker and, and his little band in Illinois, um, and you know, and Governor Lee and our little. Band I, I think down this here in I think this Pritzker is really dangerous. Well, Pritzker's extremely dangerous, and you know, there's been some very interesting stuff that's come out about him and his family foundation and some of the things that they've done with uh, all that money that they have. But I have uh, two, two questions, if you don't mind, because I, I had a sure. couple I was lined up for. Um, I use the term brainwashed. I don't know what the common, the, the, uh, the, the term is today. But on an economic level, I'm not going to pick on Andrew personally, but young people that have, have never made a dime out of a bank account, and this is talking about as inflation's going up, and I was talking earlier about historically the, the interest rate people got you know, pretty much made up for the inflation, uh, because the formula is interest should be some some rate of interest plus whatever the difference is in the price of something the next year, because right. somebody's getting that benefit. And this is not a this is not a tough formula, but how many? 
if I, if I say to some young person, okay, you know, uh, where's your money? Well, I got it in Citibank. You get any money? Now, do you think that that's wrong, that people are using your money for... How many... I won't use the term buffoons. How many people do you think have five, ten grand sitting in a bank and are running a $2,000 balance on a credit card at the same bank and essentially scalping themselves? I mean, I mean, they say, well, nobody's ever got interest in bank. What? Because how do you think the credit card you've got gets the money to loan you to dough to charge you 24%? It's because... Uh, yeah, yeah. by the way, I remember a passbook savings account when I was a kid that paid a real rate of interest. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I'm sure you do too, right? Yeah, well, they, pay, that's, they paid three, three and a half. You know, it wasn't a lot, but well, but when the inflation picked up, it went... went Went real high, but generally, before the before the uh, the credit union at uh, St. John right. Fisher used to pay three percent for God's sake. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, it's this this kind of stuff. But, I I this is all part of the same thing when you get down to it. But it's okay. But I'm saying people have the same sort of brainwashing. I use that term. People become immune to the. People in Washington now becoming ex- exceptionally rich while they're there. Not everybody, a lot of young people get in there and see it, young representatives, and immediately turn around and get their butt out of there. But I, I, you know, I remember the senators in Illinois. I, I can't name you one that I ever thought took a dime from there. Paul Simon, Adley Stevenson, Chuck Percy. I don't, think, I don't even think Dick Durbin's one of those kind of guys. I mean, what, is Illinois just, out of all the corruption we have here, are we blessed with honest senators? I think, I don't think Dan Inouye ever took a dime. I mean, I... Uh, I, I, Rostenkowski had a huge pack where he, he helped other people get in there, and, and it's how he solidified his power. But it's not like Danny had a $4 million condo or anything like that and drove two Rolls Royces. I mean, this this is some Now, everybody's immune to this, even people in Congress. And, you know, it's in conversation, Carl, I'll ask you how you, you know, you've talked with me forever, and I think we've become pretty close buddies. You know that nobody would ever say anything bad about police being my dad was one my uncle was one and yet you ought to be able to say your police department like really is unorganized and sucks even if 95 percent of the people in there are trying to do their best job both of those things can be true yet in congress we're almost reaching the point i was having this discussion with an attorney at patripoli one night he's a kind of a liberal kind of guy but he's older he's retired but he's, he's he thinks most people are straight and i you know i think in his day, in our day, maybe maybe they were. But I said, this guy's name is uh, Luke. I said, Luke, I'm not going to tell you, because he's always concerned if I say something on the show that isn't all that accurate, that I'm, I'm, people actually listen to me, you know, and you and other people on here, because I think we try and do the right thing. He, I said, Luke, somewhere along the line, it becomes impression. I said, if I were to say uh, all the people in Congress are crooks, I, I, know, I know that they are not crooks, all the people in there, especially the younger people. But I also know that they can point fingers at ten people that shouldn't be in Congress, and they don't. Well, do yeah, it. and they don't. Well, yeah, do but it. but here's but here's the thing that happens over time, Chief, and this is what makes it so dangerous, and why there is a significant risk of a collapse. We have transitioned over the last twenty or thirty years from a high trust society to a low trust society, and that's what banana republics all look like. That's what Argentina looks like internally. You can't trust anybody with anything. I don't care whether you have a written contract or not. It makes absolutely no difference. The guy down the street is taking a bribe and you get screwed. Yep. Okay, and that's and and sometimes 
if you're on the wrong side of whatever regime is going on at any given point in time, you go to jail. If you're on the right side, you don't go to jail, and you can do the same things. Okay, so and you, of course you do do the same things because it gives you commercial advantage. It's just simply about optimization for outcome, and the outcome for you is money. How uh, how much of I'll ask you to grade yourself here. Last last question, and we got to go. How much of the of the change that you and I see in the last twenty to thirty years? It's just you and I seeing more, or how much of it's actual change? Oh, I think I think the that a huge amount of it is actual change. There's always been corruption. It is there's, I mean, as long as there's been politics, there's been corruption in politics, right? I mean, that's nothing new. Uh, saw plenty of it when I was running my company in Chicago, but today, I couldn't set up a company there and have a chance of survival. Then I had to live with it. I had to deal with the BS that was going on, and that's just you know it's just part of the price in any in any environment. I don't care whether you're here or there. Uh, I I think it's expanded by an order well, the, of magnitude. The degree is is dramatic. I mean, yeah, it's it, huge. It's, it's it's not a small difference. It's a monster. It's it's you know it's five hundred percent of what it used to be. Well, to give to give your alderman some dough to get your nephew a job when. When nobody really wants the job anyway, we're not talking about some huge, uh, you know, huge, huge ass job. We're talking right. about bridge tender or something. Uh, that's a lot different than uh, not not letting people tell people a vaccine's no good. And that, that's a whole different to me. That's an it, order it, of magnitude. It, yeah, well, it is, and it's and then you get you get into some of the other stuff. Like we have now discovered, there's now been some analysis that was just published in the last week that uh, the majority of the people who got who died from COVID probably didn't actually die from COVID. They died from a secondary bacterial infection that was untreated because the protocols yeah. told the hospitals not to give them antibiotics. Well, our RFK talking about they wouldn't let them on, on Fox because they actually told them that Pfizer's a huge client. That's pretty well, scary. Yeah. That's pretty scary. Well yeah, well, yeah, but that's, I mean, uh, you know, so, all right, so we have a million people dead here. Well, how much of what's going on over in Ukraine right now is due to the same sort of thing? Well, I wouldn't be a bit surprised. Carol, thank you very much. But as usual, I could talk all day with you, my friend. SP Futures, by the way, even though we say there's danger out there, they're up, they're up again, 275. Yep. The SP Futures up. Why don't I just buy calls every night? I mean, it's... it's oh, because, uh, because you know what will happen. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back on Monday, Stocks and Jacks. Stocks and Jocks is brought to you by PTI Securities and Futures. Go to PTISecurities.com. PTI Pro Direct. Trade for as low as a penny per share and a dollar per option contract. Learn more at PTIProDirect.com. Nadex. Offering an intuitive way to trade the financial markets. Visit Nadex.com. Home Source Realty. Call Audrey Johnson at 708 349 3456. Hamzi Analytics. Listen to Fari Hamzi every other Thursday and visit HamziAnalytics.com. Cairo Med. Back or neck pain? Schedule a complimentary consultation by calling 708-403-2727. DAX Research. Tune in for David Andelman's technical analysis on Mondays and Thursdays and call 1-800-821-4968.